Welcome to the Sunday Morning Message with Pastor Nick Stringer, brought to you from Creekside Church in Brookville, Indiana. Creekside Church, where the Spirit flows. Again, open your Bibles, please, if you would, to Ecclesiastes chapter 2. This is message 4 of our six-part series titled, Chasing the Wind. Today's message is titled, What Does a Man Get in All His Labor? So just a little side note here. Today's message will be an abbreviated message, at which point I'm going to stop and uh, turn the service over uh, to focus on the grain of rice project and the child advocacy needs that they have for that mission. So uh, I'll go to about 1035, and then we'll shift gears a little bit just to give you a heads up on that. So Ecclesiastes chapter 2, and if you look up on the screen there, isn't that a neat uh, piece of artwork? That's a very famous picture. You may have seen that before. Artist J. Howard Miller, he produced that work. Uh, it was a work incentive poster, and it became one of the most famous icons of World War II. During World War II, women were encouraged to take wartime jobs in defense industries, and they became a celebrated symbol of female patriotism. And this is a very timely message, what with Labor Day approaching. Uh, we have Labor Day coming up next week, and so it's good that we focus on our labor engage he read that passage of scripture there that showed the futility of our labor as solomon was looking at all of the fruits of his labor and what he was doing and he thought why what is the purpose of all of this and what we want to learn today is this you may have to click that because this ain't working there you go thank you son Enjoying our labor is a gift from God, but putting our hope in our labor is vanity. And so we want to apply that principle in this manner. We will find enjoyment in our work without making our work our identity. Now, making our work our identity, <laughs> that's an easy thing to do. You do what you do at least five days a week, 40 hours a week, right? And so it's easy to identify yourself as, hey, I'm so-and-so the nurse. I'm so-and-so the construction worker. I'm so-and-so, I'm this, I'm that. Because I have spent all my time and my energy into this profession that I have, and this is who I identify as now. And so this is kind of where Solomon was at this point. He was starting to identify, you know, I'm the king of Israel. I have put forth all this labor. I've accumulated all this stuff. But he got to a place where he found that by doing that, he lost all enjoyment, not only of the fruits of his labor, but of his labor. Okay, and so we want to guard against that. There's great danger in wrapping our identity in our work, but it is an easy thing to do. And so Solomon, he despairs when he considers the fate of all that he has labored for so diligently and with great wisdom to accumulate, right? This happens because he failed to see that his accomplishments were a gift of God. And he got to a point where he realized that the fruits of his labor could not satisfy the depths of his soul. And he became resentful 
and he became bitter at his labor and the fruits of his labor. You know what he did? He lost sight of the purpose of his labor. Let's look at the Bible here, and I'm going to look at verse 18 here in chapter 2 of Ecclesiastes. And we're going to see how Solomon was beginning to feel about not only his work, but the things that came about because of his work. Verse 18 says this, Thus I hated all the fruit of my labor which I had labored under the sun. In verse 19, we see that he is concerned about leaving everything that he's accumulated to a man who may come after him and control it. And he may be a wise man or he may be a foolish man. And then in verse 21, we see that Solomon is concerned for his legacy. He says this, when there is a man who has labored with wisdom, knowledge, and skill, and then he gives his legacy to one who has not labored with them, this too is vanity and a great evil. And then in verse 23, we see that Solomon sees, sees it as an injustice that a man would labor in grief and in pain and do it for what what is the purpose of my life's work so solomon is rattling through all this he's in deep thought he's pondering the meaning of all these things and he comes to the conclusion it's all vanity what is the meaning of it you know they say that a man reaches his prime in his late his mid-20s to his early 30s. That is the prime of a man's life physically, they say that. Uh, they say 27 is the peak, the pinnacle of a man's prime. I remember being 28 years old and thinking I had everything that I had ever wanted in life. By that time, by that age, I had already had a few years with a, a wonderful wife that I had married. Uh, we had beautiful babies. Um, we had just finished work on a brand new house, built a brand new house. I had a secure job and was making decent money and we were all healthy. And I thought I had everything that I ever wanted. Life was really going good. But yet I could not get past you know i remember i would come home and there my wife would be with our perfect babies right and i'd see that new fresh carpet fresh new carpet freshly painted walls no dust i mean the house so new no dust had even fallen on it yet and i thought wow you know situated on five acres of property wow you know you've really got the cat by the tail here you're really doing well for yourself but i could not i just could not get past the voices and the feeling in my heart and in my soul that is this all that it's about is this what everything is for we work we slave we labor we accumulate things and then we die is this what it is i had this great anguish in my mind and at the center of my spirit and i just could i had all these wonderful things you know things that i had always wanted and our culture tells us are things that we should chase after and accumulate and achieve and it I had these things and yet I had this great sadness in my soul a great deprivation in my soul 
And I actually come to find that I didn't have anything because I didn't have a relationship with God. I didn't know God. And I was a miserable person with a lot of good things, a lot of things that I should be happy and content with, yet I was living a life of misery. And I just couldn't get past that. And this is where Solomon is too. He has everything. There's nothing that he is lacking. And anything that he is lacking, he could just say, hey, get that for me. And he's got it. And yet, he is feeling this emptiness inside of him. He is saying, is this all that life has to offer? And he is despairing. He has lost sight of two very important principles that we're going to talk about today as we focus on how we can do our labor for God. And those two important principles that Solomon lost sight of, number one, stewardship, and number two, God gives the increase. Stewardship and God gives the increase. You know, folks, the purpose of our labor is to bring glory to God. And so now we ask ourselves the questions, how do we do that? Number one, we're to be faithful stewards of God's things. And that requires quite a change in perspective. And the perspective is, these things don't belong to us. These things belong to God. And we are borrowing them from God for a particular time and for a particular purpose. God has entrusted his things to us. Matthew 25, 14 says this, For it is just like a man about to go on a journey who called his own slaves and entrusted his possessions to them. You know, Solomon, he had built a life of accumulating things for himself. And in the course of doing so, he lost sight of the main thing. And that is that God owns everything. Is that he was a steward of God's things. And Solomon, he had forgot this. And this principle of stewardship, it goes all the way back to the Garden of Eden. What happened in the Garden of Eden? Well, there we see that God created this beautiful garden and he took man and he set him inside the garden. And what did he tell man to do? He said, cultivate it, take care of it for your pleasure and for your enjoyment. He was stewarding what belonged to God. And so this is the principle that has been true all throughout scripture and applies to us today here in 2022 that our perspective on our labor is to be that we are stewards of God's things. God has given us work that he has assigned us to and called us to, to steward those actions, to steward that work, and then to steward the things that come about from that work, the fruits of the labor, the fruits of our stewardship. It all belongs to God. Now, in this particular parable, this is a parable that Jesus told to his disciples. He said there's a man who works for, who's a servant to his master, and his master gave him five talents. Now, a talent was 6,000 denarius. Now, a denarius was one day's wage. One denarius was one day's wage. And so a talent was 6,000 denarius. So that was about 20 years worth of wages, one talent. So the man was given five talents. So that's 
100 years of wages. That's a lot of money, okay? He was given this to keep guard of as his master went on a journey. When his master came back, he had found that his servant had doubled the five talents and turned them into ten. And he said, well done, you faithful and good servant. You have multiplied what I have given you. Now, the point Jesus was making was this. The gospel message that I have given you is what I want you to take out and multiply. I have given you this one message and I want you to go to the ends of the earth and I want you to share this message and I want you to multiply it for when I return. I want you to take the gospel that I've given you and I want you to take it to the ends of the earth and when I return, there's gonna be many who believe in the gospel message. Now Solomon, he had accumulated many things and you and I have accumulated many things, right? You and I have stuff that we've probably have forgotten about because we have so much of it. We are to be stewards of those things and the point of that parable was about the gospel message. But you know something else that God makes us a steward of that is rarely talked about is our work ethic. Look, our labor is to be for the Lord. Colossians 3, 23 and 24 says this, whatever you do, do your work heartily as for the Lord rather than for men, knowing that from the Lord you will receive the reward of the inheritance. It is the Lord Christ whom you serve. Now that makes a big difference and we talked about this in Sunday school last week. How do we as Christians in the workforce, how do we do our job? What's our attitude and what is our perspective to be? And it is to be that right there. I don't go to work and punch in and I don't work for my boss, right? I work for the Lord. I answer to the Lord. I do my work as if I'm doing it for the Lord. If I'm doing it for the Lord, I am going to do my work very well, much better than I would for any man, right? Why? Because I know that all good things come from the Lord. And the other thing that helps me with is an attitude, right? That attitude. I can deal with bad attitudes at work or anywhere. Why? Because I serve the Lord, right? That's our perspective, and that's quite a change. That's how, that's a good way to find contentment in your job and contentment in your work. When you are laboring around people who are not a joy and a pleasure to labor around, we have to remember we're not doing our work for them, or we're not doing our work to please them. We're doing our work for the Lord and to please the Lord. This is a good and healthy perspective to have because laboring in the workforce as a Christian is a very difficult task to do. The world is becoming uh, more and more difficult for Christians to labor in because a lot of our environment is contrary to how the Bible, our beliefs, and how we, in the type of environment that we want to work in. But the fact of the matter is, is that Jesus wants us in the world to shine his light in these dark places. And so we need to be good stewards over our work ethic. And so that means this. That means that we can work submissively, productively, honestly, 
and cooperatively. These are the types of attitudes we are to have. And we need to remember this. Our attitude in our labor should reflect our relationship with God. Our attitude in our labor should reflect our relationship with God. People should be able to work with us and say, yes, that person is a godly man, godly woman. That is a person who loves the Lord. And Solomon, he lost sight of this. He looked at the fruits. He looked at his possessions. And he said, vanity, all is vanity. But Solomon was supposed to be looking at the intangibles, not the things that he could touch, right? He was the king of Israel. He was there to push peace and prosperity. He was there for justice and security for the people of Israel. Those were the fruits that he was supposed to be reflecting on. And Solomon did all those things. Solomon, by and large, was a good king. And Israel enjoyed a very lengthy time, 40 years of peace and prosperity during his reign. But his focus was not on those things for a time. His focus was on the things, the material things. But he needed to focus on the intangible things. And so as Christians, we too can focus on the intangible things. Am I pushing a, an environment of peace here? Am I pushing an environment that is conducive to goodwill and for a good working environment where people can get along? It doesn't mean it's always going to be that way because you have to deal with people who don't have the relationship with God. But for ourselves, we're responsible for ourselves. So we steward a good working attitude. A Christian work ethic is what we can be a good steward of. And the second thing that uh, Solomon had lost his focus on was that God is responsible for the increase. So first... We need to commit to being good stewards of God's things. We need to recognize it all belongs to God and that we're responsible for taking care of those things. And then we acknowledge that God gives the increase. God causes the growth of our labor. You know, it's significant to give credit where credit is due. 1 Corinthians 3, 7, and 8 says this, So then, neither the one who plants nor the one who waters is anything, but God who causes the growth. Now, this was a dispute between members in the church over who they would align with. Some lined with Paul and some aligned with Apollos. In other words, they were saying, well, who led you to Jesus? Well, Paul did. Who led you to Jesus? Well, Apollos did. And they were having a dispute over that. And Paul was saying, well, it doesn't really matter. There's one who plants the seed, and there's one who waters. But it's God who causes the growth. And it's the same thing in our labor. We need to recognize that it's God who causes the growth. You know, in Genesis chapter 3, we see that when sin came into the world, the world changed. When man fell, the world changed. And so to the man, God said, no longer will the ground bring forth its fruit. You will have to toil in your sweat and pain and labor and thorns and thistles. It will bring forth all the days that you are here. Now think about that. 
when you and I go out and we do our labor, that labor is not intended to do good things because of the curse of sin on the world. The only way that you and I can produce good things is if God allows that to happen. It is God who causes the growth of our labor and it is God who gives every good and perfect gift. Look, our toil can produce pain and grief, right? You guys have gardens, many of you do, and you go out there and you try to keep those rows clean of weeds and what's the next thing you know? You gotta go out there every day and weed that garden. They just keep popping up one right after the other. And it's a grief, grieving, grievous and painful task to have to do it. You just wish you had to do it one time and that's it. I am done, right? Just once. Can't we just do it just once? No, we have to labor and toil over these things. And so that's the way it is here in this world that's cursed with sin is that unless God was a generous and gracious God, we would not have these good gifts produced by our labor. They would produce just thorns and thistles. But he says, you have a good and perfect God who gives good and perfect gifts. Every good thing given and every perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of lights with whom there is no variation or sifting shadow. Solomon, he references many times here in this passage the fruits of, of my labor. You know, when there's no longer an acknowledgement of God, sin comes crashing down. When we fail to acknowledge God and whatever it is, you look at the society that we're living in today. Many would say that lunacy is coming in. We're seeing and hearing things in our culture today that we have never seen and dealt with. Because there's a growing movement to no longer see fit to acknowledge God. When you have the removal of God, well, what fills that vacuum is normal behavior of a sinful world. And that's lunacy and depraved mind. The Bible makes that very clear. The less of God we have, the more lunacy we have. Things that just don't make common sense. Right? I'm talking of a spiritual nature, right? And so Solomon, he removed giving uh, God, uh, acknowledging God for the fruits of his labor. He said, these are the fruits of my labor. No, these were the results of my stewardship of God's things. And that's a perspective that God wants us to have. You are producing, I am giving you gifts as a result of your good stewardship of my things. I want to ask you a question. Do you consider yourself to be a fruit of God's labor? I want you to know that you are. You are a fruit of God's labor. You are a gift that God produced. And God has you here right now at this limited time in this very environment that you're in at this particular position because he wants you for all eternity. He has set us and bound us in time to make this decision. And I want you to know that you are a fruit, a precious fruit of God's work. It says that he created man 
And then after he created mankind, what did he do? He said, it is very good. And then he rested after all of his labor. You are the pinnacle of God's work. You are the supreme point of God's creation. Nothing that God has created in this world is better than you. That's why he made it all first and set you in it last. You are very special to him. And so God wants us to have this attitude that our perspective is that God owns everything. We are here to take care of his things. And while we do be a good steward, he gives us these good gifts. He provides our increase and gives us everything that we need. Will you bow with me for prayer, please? Heavenly Father, we want to thank you, Lord God, that you have given us the opportunity to change our perspective. Let us change our perspective in how we do our labor and how we do our work and change our perspective of how we view the results of our labor. Let us do our work to bring glory to you. Now, this requires knowing you as Lord and Savior. If you're here today, and you don't have the perspective that God, that you are a steward of God's things. Maybe it's because you need to surrender to Jesus and you can do that right now. You can ask Jesus Christ into your life as Lord and Savior. Thank you, Father God, for your good and precious gifts and for the labor that you have given us in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Sunday message by Pastor Nick Stringer. Creekside Church in Brookville, Indiana. For more information, you can go to www.creekside-church.org find us on the website. Once again, you've been listening to the Sunday Message with Pastor Nick Stringer.